Hey friends, it's episode 10. Can you believe it? Today we're going to talk about anthropomorphism and hot dogs, the psychology of sounds, grading voices, and the joy of the jingle. Why have jingles fallen out of favor? Will they ever regain their former glory? Today, Steve, Matt, and Josh discuss the rise and fall of jingles in advertising and riff on the importance of mnemonic branding. Enjoy. Welcome to the Design of Experience, conversations about the ideas that make us feel a tribal devotion to the things we love. Matt, you forgot to say, hey guys. I know. Well, hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys, we have a special lineup today. It's Steve, myself, Matt, and Josh Frisch is coming out from behind the control panel and he's going to participate. And if he doesn't, he's fired. All right. <laughs> Welcome, Josh. Good to have you on the podcast. Thanks, Steve. Nice We're, to finally be on this side of the mic for once. Excellent. We're a little, you know, we're a little forlorn today. We feel a little bit of, I don't know, whether we're betrayers or whether we've been betrayed. But we don't have Emily today. She wasn't available for this episode. And she encouraged us to go right on ahead without her. So you Emily fans out there, just hang in there. Today we have a fun episode. We're actually going to talk about the classic advertising device that has gone in and out of style over many decades, and that is the jingle. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. You can love them or you can hate them. Uh, The best of them are kind of like earwigs or lice or bedbugs. Once you get them, it's really hard to get rid of them or get them out of your head. Um, But we're really going, and we're actually going to play a lot of audio examples of some of these classic jingles. So if you hate commercials or you hate jingles, then you should just stop listening right now. Who hates a good jingle? Uh, I think we should mention that this episode, despite all of the advertisements that may or may not be played during this, uh, this episode is not sponsored by any of these companies. It's a fascinating topic for us. We have all uh, grown up listening to commercials and um you know like oscar meyer oh yeah i bet you could all sing along with this couldn't you b-o-l-o-g-n-a classic beautiful oscar meyer hot dog commercial uh not so informative. Right. Doesn't tell you a whole lot about the product. It tells you how to spell its name. And it's kind of painful. And I think that's a pretty big deal as far as yeah. brand recognition. That kid's voice is kind of, not to be too cynical, but kind of grating. You know? Classic you know? 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oscar Mayer, that wasn't their only uh, classic jingle. There, there was more than one. That was the one Matt submitted, but I think this one. Oh, I'd love to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what I really like to be. Just like Oscar Mayer This song I find quite disturbing. <laughs> I have to agree with yeah. that. Well, I think but who wants to be a hot dog? Yeah, there was a big thing where I feel like the 50s and 60s, they really were into personifying food. And anthropomorphizing it. Like the Let's All Go to the Lobby song. It's like a box of popcorn with arms and legs. Mm. Ah, before yeah. a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. 
yeah, that's a fad that I think I'm very happy that it has yeah. sort of died out. Right. One, while, while we're on the hot dog tip, hot dog, they had a strong hot game dog. going. Armor hot dog. What kind of kids eat armor hot dogs? This is one of the best. 1967, ladies and gentlemen. Here it comes. Wait for it. Even kids with chicken pox. Love hot dogs. Yeah, that that one's got like a nice sort of circus polka feel to it. Yeah, <laughs> and and you should go and see it on YouTube because it's like this guy in an armor hot dog <laughs> uniform is running through town like the Pied Piper, and all <laughs> the, the children Piper of hot dog are, are following him. And it's like, wait, this seems happy, but what's what's the backstory? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a <laughs> subtext there. <laughs> there is a, there is a montage of of all the different kinds of kids they're singing about. Fat kids, yeah. fat kids, skinny, skinny kids. kids, kids who climb on rocks, kids even kids with chicken pox, and they're all stuffing hot dogs in their faces, and it's kind of terrifying. <laughs> but specifically, because. armor hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's it's a very Orwellian looking commercial too yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that, like that probably at be. the end the part they cut they all end up like running off a cliff or or, or <laughs> falling yeah. into a giant, a giant valley of death a giant just, vat yeah, where they're <laughs> cooked up and transformed in a hot dog oh my gosh it's terrible well you know it, it's been an interesting i want to know what you guys think and we'll look at a couple of we have a few favorite uh local or super regional ones that that are I would put in the earwig category you can't get them out of your head oh yeah but I I feel like this this um genre has gone through a number of different phases you know it started off very songy sometimes an informative song that actually had some features embedded in them or sometimes they're like whole songs entire like a two-minute song oh my gosh in fact I I, I have to digress one of my all-time personal favorite and maybe this is because I had a secret sort of latent desire to be a Broadway performer. Um, but there are a couple uh, that got got produced as full-on, like, musical performances with cast and, you know, Broadway-esque. Um, this is one of the most classic that uh, I have to play. Forgive me Grab if I sing along. Scrub the bottom and top. There is nothing so clean as my burger burger machine machine. with a broom and a brush. Clean it up for the nineteen seventy one. Before you open the door, you might know what a shine on the floor when we finish one dance. Haven't said the brand name yet. Start all over again. Tell me what does it mean? At McDonald's, it's clear. As always, we will put the links to all of these in the show notes, but I mean classic entertainment. Yeah, that's like on the level of Broadway production. Definitely, it it feels like a Disney musical. Uh, Even the the chorus right at the end, it sounds very much like uh, When You Wish Upon a Star, right? Mm. 
When mm. you wish upon a star. Right. Yeah. It's like a very similar melody. Question about that one. It seemed to be mostly about cleaning the floors. And <laughs> so was that after some kind of mishap? Response? Was you know, that a crisis management? We should look it up. There may maybe there was a uh, you know some allegation that McDonald's yeah. was were rat fested or, or something. Yeah, right. maybe it came out that like Burger King or some competitor was not clean. Right. And McDonald's was like, oh well, then check this out. Yeah, we're super clean. Both, uh, I, I do remember at that time, McDonald's, Burger King, and KFC, all three had, you know, full-on production versions of their ads. Burger King has this whole drama that plays out, and a family comes in, and they order their food, and they're like, wait a minute, would we have to wait longer if one of those burgers didn't have uh, mayonnaise on it? <laughs> and all of a sudden, the woman behind the counter breaks into song. And she's like, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. Oh, my. Do you guys remember that I, one? I don't know if I, I Have it your way at Burger King. We'll, uh, it, that's another classic. It plays out. Like, she sings a couple lines. Then the mother says, wait a minute. Uh, what if I didn't have onions on mine? And it's like, no problem, have it your way. And it's the whole thing plays out. Then there's another one, uh, a KFC one. I have to say one. that is cheesy. Ooh. <laughs> Not if you don't want it to be. True. That's true. <laughs> All you have to do is say the word. That's right. KFC had a full-blown bunch of kids singing about the doldrums of eating their mom's food every night. And it's green beans and this and that and the other oh, thing. And then it's both. like, get a bucket of chicken finger licking good. <laughs> Have a barrel of fun. Okay, I'm done singing. I'm sorry. That's no, good. That's great. So I'm wondering, what was the thinking? You know, did we have the attention span or the, you know, the audience? Were we captive enough given the confines of network television? If I can make this cheesy enough mm. uh, to hold your attention for 30 seconds or a minute, let's go ahead and get a song stuck in your head because I... You know, th- these songs are all from the late 60s, early 70s. I'm dating myself because I was approaching a decade of life at that time. But I can still sing all of them by heart. Yeah, I think that was like around the time when TV started to be really big, hmm. like across America, right? Before that, probably not as many households had quite as many TVs. Or it was something like you you just watch one show and then you're done for the night. But then in the... 60s and 70s, I feel like there started to be more shows, more programming. People would watch it for like several hours at a time. And that's when companies realized like you can pay for a minute or two in between shows and use that to its fullest, get a song stuck in people's heads, get your brand immediately analogous with a feeling. I think that last thing you said is kind of critical. Yeah. Create kind of an emotional trigger. Yeah. And whether or not, you know, we could dig in to, to do a little more homework. I do feel like Josh probably has a point in the fact that there was a point in the dawn of television, whole shows were sponsored by a single company. Mm. You know, General yeah. Electric brings you the, what's the par uh, guy? Mas- Mask of Famous, Zorro, something like that. Yeah, or Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Right. Perfect. It's, you know, the wonderful world of Disney. And so, but at some point you had color television hits hard and becomes ubiquitous. You also have, instead of advertising being, you know, shouldered solely by a single sponsor, 
you have these ad spots where uh, multiple companies have an opportunity to get themselves in front of you. So why not create an emotional engagement in that moment? Yeah. Yeah. But I think uh, jingles existed before that on the radio, right? Sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So what what is the the catch? That I think, yeah, I think there's a bit of a, a formula here, right? So all of these are first, they're very upbeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody sells anything with a depressing song, right? But I think what happens here is it's not just selling the product, but it's also saying, hey, fat kid, skinny kid, kid with chicken pox, you'll be a hero. You'll be better if you eat armor hot dogs. Hmm. So it's a little bit of uh, indoctrination in a way, you know. (laughs) Maybe that's too strong, but it's a little bit of saying, hey, you'll be happy too because you've come to Burger King and we'll hold the pickles. We'll hold the onions. You know, very, very interesting, you know, whether or not they were actually targeting the eater <laughs> because, you know, the it, consumer, it, the KFC. Yeah, the KFC commercial clearly, you know, it appeals. It's kind of it's kind of sick. It actually appeals to kids, you know, who have to eat their parents food. And it kind of says to both parents and kids, hey, if you really want to have a good time, get a bucket of chicken. Mm. finger looking good have a barrel of fun goodbye ho-hum um so you know maybe it was mom dad we want to go to mcdonald's um that's an interesting note that whether or not you know you're targeting the person who's going to pay the check or if you're targeting the one who's going to beg yeah yeah it's sinister Um, it led to the breakdown of the american family (laughs) all those buckets of chicken you know. Buckets and Yikes. buckets of finger licking yeah. good yeah. chicken. Thanks, yeah. Colonel Sanders. So to Matt's point, you're allowed to be, you have to be upbeat or entertaining. It was a time when, you know, we're sitting there being entertained. So advertisers, you know, they had it through their heads. Okay, people are sitting down to watch entertainment. And so we better make this commercial entertaining to provide some continuity of watching. Yeah. Um, you're allowed to be, you can't be depressing. You're allowed to be... Uh, nostalgic sometimes do you guys remember the aaron neville cotton jingle the touch the feel the touch the feel the fabric of our lives the touch the feel cotton the fabric of our lives Anyway, that one is uh, not quite as upbeat. It's more nostalgic, and, and when if you watch the spot, you see a whole bunch of images. Besides kids being wrapped in sheets or running through the laundry, you see brothers fighting, and one of them grabs the other guy's shirt, and and then a parent comes and says, "Oh, boys, it'll be fine." You know, so there's a it's family. We're living life together. Yeah. Cotton is the fabric of our lives. Right. I wonder why we moved away. If it was just seen as too cheesy, we, yeah. we, we've, you know, certainly on the radio and TV, we still, you still have jingles. Um, sometimes I wonder how, if they're a little tongue in cheek. Um, is Liberty Mutual a, is that a national brand? Liberty, 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 Liberty. Good luck getting that out of your head. Yeah. You certainly remember it. You don't know what they do. I feel like it's a product of that kind of wackiness we saw with Geico and their commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then someone at some point said, you know what? We'll do a relatively funny ad, but we're going to have this just 
off the walls, nonsensical jingle. Yeah. And it's just going to be the name. It's interesting, you know, that when you talk about how advertisers so skillfully target their buyer, because I watch those ads, my wife can't stand them. She just wants me to mute it the second anything like one of those comes up. And I find them to be like, I don't, (laughs) the production, the execution of the ads does not appeal to me. I don't find them particularly funny. But I was talking with somebody recently and they were like, oh my gosh, those Liberty commercials are hilarious. And I'm like, okay, that's somebody's they're they're definitely connecting with somebody yeah i think they're definitely they're coming back whereas i feel like in the 90s and early 2000s people were less receptive to them like how would you why do you say that why do you think they were less receptive i think people didn't take them as seriously like if you saw a commercial with a jingle it tended to be like not it sort of placed it in a certain economic category or It, it would be like um the uh economy option or the bargain option right like um i wonder if that's 1-800-SAFE-AUTO mm-hmm. like they had a very catchy jingle but i don't know if i would actually want their car insurance mm-hmm. so maybe it was at that point the major brands were like yeah we're done with this and the smaller brands were like well you know why they're successful because they have a jingle and then you get things like go gebco go gebco go gebco get gebco yeah which is a, a local thing for us. It's Baltimore-based. Yeah. And uh, he probably did not want their insurance, you know. <laughs> so, like, they did the ad with a camcorder on the side of a road, you know. and uh, But the production budgets got increasingly a little better as that yeah. jingle caught on. Um, no, but you're right. I mean, the most important thing in that was to be remembered, period. Right. Just be remembered. Don't be forgotten. It doesn't matter if you're remembered for quality or whatever. It, it's more just we're, we're available. Another one, you know, I don't know. We all know this company, at least in this part of the country. 877 We could all remember that number if we got stuck by the side of the road and we couldn't remember the name, the number of anybody who could come pick us up. Yeah. We could remember the number for us to go get carpet yeah. or flooring. I like to sing made-up names of websites, you know. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to not be able to do it right now. But, you know, things like, um, I've always wanted to be a king.com. That's, oh, is know. that a Matt? Is that a Matt Deville special? Yeah, exactly. Nice. Like sometimes I just walk into the morning meeting and I'm like, "Last night I slept well, but today I feel kind of sluggish." Dot org. We actually did a commercial for Thompson Creek Window Company, and we featured Haloti Nada <laughs> in the Baltimore market. And uh, oh man, I'm forgetting his name, but a linebacker for the Redskins in the Washington market. And they wore giant sun suits. And it was like, don't let the summer heat in. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a jingle that I really wanted them to uh, adopt, but they never went for it. And what was it? Let me see. Thompson Creek. It's not a creek. It's a window. <laughs> Pretty good, right? <laughs> it took you a second. Yeah. Because you were just like, wait, there has to be more. And then, yeah. nope. Nope. Yeah, you're ready for more. <laughs> but, you know, that's all yeah. you need. You just need to remember it's not a creek. Yeah, ads today need to be super fast. You know, it's five yeah. seconds, and that's all you got. So 
you got to be memorable. you got to be quick. you got to be funny. What's interesting to me, my train of thought in thinking about this, um, we go from full-on production songs being a possibility, at least, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, for marketing. And, and maybe, again, we're talking about fast food. We're talking about budget insurance. Um, I mean, we do have farmers. We are farmers. Bum, ba, dum, bum, 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 bum. They're very reputable and whatever. Um, not that those other folks aren't, but to your point, the economical version, you know, bad fitters, it's the perfect fit. <laughs> I mean, if I'm like in a high-end home yeah. somewhere out in the county and I want my bathroom remodeled, I'm probably not calling bath fitters. Like yeah. they're not talking to me. Um, but it's it's a budget option and we all remember that jingle locally anyway. Yeah. Um, at some point, the jingle there there have definitely been periods where the jingle's been out of vogue or it is you know it's jingly we use jingly as a you know uh almost a an adjective to describe music which may not be sophisticated but what's happened lately the latest trend and and by latest i mean you know let's go back mm, 20 years mm is this whole idea of mnemonic branding or sonic branding where you have a sound that is associated with a brand. It's not even tied to a specific product necessarily, but where a brand wants to not just stamp themselves with a proper visual identity, but they want to stamp themselves with an audio hook. Would you agree with that kind of assessment? Uh, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I feel like it might be older than 20 years. Yeah, definitely. As far I as mean, some of the earlier, the earliest examples. Like one that I can think of, I, I don't know if this would fall into a uh, jingle or sonic branding, but uh, Jolly Green Giant. Boom, boom, Green, boom. Giant. Green Giant. That is that's a... That's like bridging the gap. Yeah. I think that's a great one. Good poll. That is, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's a, an interesting bridge between full-on song... Um, and, you know, mnemonic branding, which is just tonal, strictly right. I mean, tonal. Yeah, for that, for, for Green Giant specifically, it's like three notes and you know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's, you know, so, so okay, 20 years, fair enough. It's, it's more than that because I'm thinking of the dawn of stuff like, you know, the, the Mac yeah. Uh, boot up sound, mm-hmm. which goes back to, you know, I think it was probably 1993. Oh, I read up on this. What, one. A, um, what a pleasant sound. Yeah. yeah it's just a nice hello. I used to think this was composed by Brian Eno, and apparently it's just a series of chords played all at once, but it was made up by a guy named um, Jim Reeks. And he worked for Apple. He worked on the QuickTime team. He also came up with the Apple alert sound, So Sue Me, which, ah. is, which is really funny because it sounds just, you know, it, it works. It's a sound where you hear it and you're like, you could see someone saying, oh, okay, So Sue Me, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he made it look like a Japanese word, you know, the way it's spelled. So. But, Very interesting. Um, Eno is actually the guy who wrote the Windows 95 chime. Ah. It's a little long. 
It is, but and but they, it takes windows a little while to get going. Right, exactly. <laughs> nice, you know? fair and enough. it's it's calm and it's soothing. So as you're staring at your PC and you're like, I hate my job. I hate having to work. I wish I could be at home working on my Mac. You're like, but this music is so calming and I feel fine. Everything's going to be all right. Uh, you know, I think of some other classic. The, these are we would consider these sort of early. Yeah. Is what that is. Intel inside. Intel inside. I, I do like seeing the evolution of these sort of sonic brandings as well because mm-hmm. I I can rec- recall like several different versions of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they've like done different instrumentation or whatever, different audio effects to kind of modernize it and update it every so often. It's yeah. true. And the Mac, the I listened to several iterations of the Mac startup sound, and it got lower and lower over time. Because as their computers went from beige and dystopian, it had to be a happy sound. Then they had beautiful computers that were like, yeah, but we have to balance out with a little bit of dystopia. (laughs) No, I'm joking. But interesting that a lot of these examples come from tech companies. Mm -hmm. You know, Intel, Windows, Mac, and then this other one, which is a really early one, right? THX. Yeah, that mm. one. Uh, and again, they, they had to make that super cool because... They are a sound company. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. It comes in kind of slow. It creeps in, it begins to take over, and then at the end, it's completely immersive. Right. Um, I do think that brands today are rapidly, and again, these entertainment and media brands, it makes sense. I'm guessing, I I don't remember the sound, but I do remember the vintage NBC Peacock. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yes, there you go. Thank you. Having a sound associated with it. So that makes some sense. Those are media brands. Um, entertainment content it, what what's different to me now is every brand beginning to understand the importance of audio in your experience car makers you know when I get into my new ish Honda um, <laughs> you know it's sort of like makes this sound like oh I'm inside the car now it's it's Matt's what you were describing earlier where you just want to go back to a place that's happy. Right. Um, and so it's kind of like, welcome. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it happens on devices, smartphones. There's a sound, there's a vibration, a haptic, you know, mm-hmm. that that basically gives you positive feedback. So your car gives you positive feedback. It's basically like, welcome, Steve, to the utopian experience of being in this car. When I get in my car, it just groans. The springs are like, <laughs> and uh, so you know, it's time for an upgrade. But that, and I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know cars now come with sounds. Oh, welcome. I mean, it used to be like, yeah, the sound your car made when you turned it on was your key turning and the engine turning over. Right. But cars now. I mean, that's a happy sound it's by just, itself. You know, well, yeah. Ooh, the engine started. Mission yeah, accomplished. Well, We're yeah. actually going to go yeah, somewhere. Yeah, that's great. Cool. I'm glad it turned on. All right. Uh, but yeah, now cars are all like, you got to push a button and it's like, wait, did I turn it on or not? Right. Are you on, car? Yeah. You need that feedback. Yeah. 
And I it's a part of the brand. One of the one of the automakers we looked at when we were doing a mnemonic study for a client a few years ago was Hyundai, and they had just relaunched a new line, and they put a ton of in energy and investment into their Sonic branding. Uh, they started with the characteristics and personality traits of the brand that they were trying to evoke. You know, what is the mix of organic and technology? You know, how do we create an experience that, you know, is adventurous and open roadish, but also somehow cocoony and comforting, and now you're inside the environments, the environs of the vehicle. And so they had the welcome sound when you first got in. They had the warning sounds, you know, the seatbelt sound, you know, the backup signal, all that stuff was very carefully researched. It's a it's a study that you could you know, you can find online because it's very fascinating. And they, you know, they actually recorded a lot of this stuff in analog, like, you know, orchestral Hmm. stuff um, to create this expansive kind of experience. In some ways, it makes total sense. You know, I guess the bigger question that I don't know that I have an answer for, maybe you guys do, is why wouldn't you? Like, why, why have so many brands not gone here yet? Um, you know, (laughs) even say, say an automaker like Ford, they, they have songs that, you know, in music that accompanies their commercial. Then you see that built Ford tough and it's like, you know, or Chevy's got the, the plaque that's being bolted on and Mm -hmm. the sound of that, it sounds solid. And, and, you know, I know that, um, we talked about Harley and the sound of the exhaust, all this stuff that's a part of, of a brand's experience. Why wouldn't a brand give themselves a mnemonic device like this? I'm trying to think of a brand where it would be inappropriate. Well, it's interesting that, you know, we talked about fast food. We talked about hot dogs. Um, why not, you know, how come other sort of more commodity-based, you know, cotton, there was a song there, but what about milk, you know, right. or another commodity? How come, do you remember eggs? I, I had eggs this morning, but what, I, I what remember, are you talking I remember about? eggs as a... Yeah, but the that's a egg industry, I'm, I'm, I'm talking myself out of that theory because I remember the incredible edible egg. egg. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. okay. Right, but what about milk? Well, maybe maybe milk has one that we just don't remember. It would be like glug, glug, glug. You know, oh, the son- sound of it being poured out. For milk, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be good. Or like just a cow, yeah. a cow moo. Milk, some people can digest it, others can't. Dot com. Dot mm-hmm. com, yes. thank you. Uh, obviously a key part of brand experience, it, it seems to me that, you know, a best practice increasingly is to consider how do you want your brand, not just to look. I would take it up a level and just say it's, it's another level of experience, which is what we've, yeah, right. what we've been talking about this entire season is just how do we create experiences that uh, result in a shared understanding between brand and brand community or product and buyer. Yeah, and like you could take this all the way back to before radio, before whatever, and just have like a guy on a corner with a bell ringing and yelling out what he is selling. Hmm. It's the same idea. That bell is his sonic marketing. Yeah, yeah. 
Good point. I like it. So question is for us for 15-4. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> what will be our jingle? Because we should have one. Um, because we being so influential worldwide, we can help bring the jingle worldwide, back. Worldwide. 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 Exactly. Or what mnemonic branding, you know. Do we want like a THX? Yeah. Hmm. Or do they, yeah, because that's kind of like... You're gonna be blown away. Yeah. We need we need a crescendo something, you know. It's not as simple as we're making it probably. Right. Because yeah. you you know, once let's say you come up with the perfect mnemonic for your brand, then where and when do you use it? Like in our case, you know, a lot of people might experience us first on the web. But as you know, I think you probably agree, I mean with as web users some of us around here hate sounds being forced upon us yes, when we're browsing. Right, I yes. want the option to turn the sound on or off. I don't want to have an automatic sound. There should never be a website that has a sound play automatically. Exactly. All um, right. So is, know, it time to, is it time to wrap or not? I think not? it's probably time to wrap. We love to give... Wrap or wrap it up? Wrap, wrap it, it up. up. Oh, okay. We love to... worried for a second. <laughs> that reminds me of a song. Sitting on the mic, coming up with sounds. China freelance, its wisdom abounds. Okay. Uh, we, you know, we like to give you stuff to think about, dear listener. Um, we are fascinated with brand. We're fascinated with how experiences are created. We don't always have answers. Uh, but as I've thought through, or as we've thought through this business of, you know, uh, jingle, it's just an interesting study. We welcome your thoughts and comments and uh, challenges if we've missed something or if there's just a really something as plain as the nose on your face. Sometimes we bring these topics up because we're curious, insatiably curious, and we don't often know the answers to our own questions. So jump in there. Give us your thoughts. What do you think about jingles? What do you think about songs? What do you think about mnemonic sonic branding? Bum, yeah. bum, 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 bum. The end. <laughs> I like that. Just end it with the end. The end. That's it. Yeah. All right. Go home. All right. Bye. Yo, this is Frank. You should rate this podcast because, damn it, it's the best one in the nation. And look, if you want something a little lighter, you should go to... 154 Studio on the Instagram. Check out our stories. Check out Workspace Wednesday. We think about the deeper meaning of objects that occupy the spaces on people's desks, the phenomenological impact of them. And, um, you know, we try and keep it fun and light and uh, just do it. Go, go now. The Design of Experience is produced by 154, a creative agency located in Charm City, Baltimore, Maryland. Produced by Emily Wolf, engineered by Josh Frisch, with story and creative development by Matt DeVille and Steve Smallman.